Section 87 of Mark Twain, A Biography. Appendixes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mark Twain, A Biography, by Albert Bigelow Payne. Appendix B. Mark Twain's Burlesque of Captain Isaiah Sellers. See Chapter 27. The item which served as a text for the Sergeant Fathom communication was as follows. Vicksburg, May 4, 1859. My opinion for the benefit of the citizens of New Orleans. The water is higher this far up than it has been since 1815. My opinion is that the water will be four feet deep in Canal Street before the first of next June. Mrs. Turner's plantation at the head of Big Black Island is all under water, and it has not been since 1815. I, Sellers, Captain Sellers, as in this case, sometimes signed his own name to his communications. The Burlesque Introductory Our friend Sergeant Fathom, one of the oldest cub pilots on the river, and now on the railroad line steamer Trombone, sends us a rather bad account concerning the state of the river. Sergeant Fathom is a cub of much experience, and although we are loath to coincide in his view of the matter, we give his note a place in our columns, only hoping that his prophecy will not be verified in this instance. While introducing the sergeant, we consider it but simple justice, we quote from a friend of his, to remark that he is distinguished for being, in pilot phrase, close, as well as superhumanly safe. It is a well-known fact that he has made 1,450 trips in the New Orleans and St. Louis trade, without causing serious damage to a steamboat. This astonishing success is attributed to the fact that he seldom runs his boat after early candlelight. It is related of the sergeant that upon one occasion he actually ran the chute of Glasscock's Island downstream in the night, and at a time, too, when the river was scarcely more than bank full. His method of accomplishing this feat proves what we have just said of his safeness. He sounded the chute first, and then built a fire at the head of the island to run by. As to the sergeant's closeness, we have heard it whispered that he once went up to the right of the old hen. Glasscock's Island and the old hen were phenomenally safe places, but this is probably a pardonable little exaggeration, prompted by the love and admiration in which he is held by various ancient dames of his acquaintance. For albeit the sergeant may have already numbered the allotted years of man, still his form is erect, his step is firm, his hair retains its sable hue, and, more than all, he hath a winning way about him an air of docility and sweetness, if you will, and a smoothness of speech, together with an exhaustless fund of funny sayings, and lastly, an overflowing stream without beginning or middle or end of astonishing reminiscences of the ancient Mississippi, which, taken together, form a tout ensemble which is sufficient excuse for the tender epithet which is, by common consent, applied to him by all those ancient dames aforesaid, of she-arming creature. 
As the sergeant has been longer on the river, and is better acquainted with it than any other cub extant, his remarks are entitled to far more consideration, and are always read with the deepest interest, by high and low, rich and poor, from Kehoe to Kamchatka, for let it be known that his fame extends to the uttermost parts of the earth. THE COMMUNICATION R. R. Steamer Trombone, Vicksburg, May 8, 1859 the river from New Orleans up to Natchez is higher than it has been since the niggers were executed, which was in the fall of 1813, and my opinion is that if the rise continues at this rate, the water will be on the roof of the St. Charles Hotel before the middle of January. The point at Cairo, which has not even been moistened by the river since 1813, is now entirely under water. However, Mr. Editor, the inhabitants of the Mississippi Valley should not act precipitately and sell their plantations at a sacrifice on account of this prophecy of mine, for I shall proceed to convince them of a great fact in regard to this matter, viz. that the tendency of the Mississippi is to rise less and less high every year, with an occasional variation of the rule, that such has been the case for many centuries, and eventually that it will cease to rise at all. Therefore, I would hint to the planters, as we say in an innocent little parlor game commonly called draw, that if they can only stand the rise this time, they may enjoy the comfortable assurance that the old river's banks will never hold a full again during their natural lives." In the summer of 1763 I came down the river on the old first jubilee. She was new then, however, a singular sort of single-engine boat, with a Chinese captain and a Choctaw crew, forecastle on her stern, wheels in the center, and the jackstaff nowhere, for I steered her with a window-shutter, and when we wanted to land we sent a line ashore and rounded her too with a yoke of oxen well sir we wooded off the top of the big bluff above selma the only dry land visible and waited there three weeks swapping knives and playing seven up with the indians waiting for the river to fall finally it fell about a hundred feet and we went on one day we rounded too and i got in a horse trough which my partner borrowed from the Indians up there at Selma while they were at prayers, and went down to sound around number eight. And while I was gone, my partner got around on the hills at Hickman. After three days' labor, we finally succeeded in sparring her off with a capstan bar and went on to Memphis. By the time we got there, the river had subsided to such an extent that we were able to land where the Gayoso house now stands. We finished loading at Memphis, and loaded part of the stone for the present St. Louis courthouse, which was then in the process of erection, to be taken up on our return trip. You can form some conception by these memoranda of how high the water was in 1763. In 1775 it did not rise so high by thirty feet, in 1790 it missed the original mark at least sixty-five feet, 
in 1797 150 feet, and in 1804 nearly 250 feet. These were high-water years. The high waters since then have been so insignificant that I have scarcely taken the trouble to notice them. Thus you will perceive that the planters need not feel uneasy. The river may make an occasional spasmodic effort at a flood, but the time is approaching when it will cease to rise altogether. In conclusion, sir, I will condescend to hint at the foundation of these arguments. When me and De Soto discovered the Mississippi, I could stand at Bolivar Landing, several miles above Roaring Waters Bar, and pitch a biscuit to the main shore on the other side, and in low water we waded across at Donaldsonville. The gradual widening and deepening of the river is the whole secret of the matter. Yours, etc., Sergeant Fathom. End of Appendix B. Mark Twain's Burlesque of Captain Isaiah Sellers. Read by John Greenman.